Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we're covering issues 54, 55, 56. So that's parts 5, 6, and 7 of City at War. And uh, So just about the halfway point. Yeah. I mean, it's a 13-issue run. So yeah, halfway yeah. point. Uh, and, and Confessions... For some reason, I thought the City War was only going to take four episodes. So, like, you've already seen the the title by this point, people who are listening, <laughs> which is that, uh, you know, got City at War middling a little more. And then I was going to have it end. But now there's another episode. So what you're more so, building. <laughs> exactly. so I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the fans out there and listeners that we're wanting it to us to get back to 87 but you know we got we got to deal with this mirage stuff a little yeah. bit longer oh man just suffer through it right uh, <laughs> just suffer through this um but yeah just at the top like it's it it's finally picking up mhm um yeah. so uh we're definitely getting into some new territory um, that I feel was kind of sorely missed in the past issues. Yes. So then. But, but yeah. <laughs> so should we tell everyone all about it then? I think we should tell a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So starting off is issue number 54, um, original release date July 1994, cover by A.C. Farley, story by Kevin and Peter, Peter and Jim on the script, Jim on pencils, Keith Aiken on inks, Mary Kelleher on letters. Our story opens with Casey working at a grocery store. He's taken a job as a grocery bagger, but keeps messing up by putting the bread at the bottom of the bag. His boss comes over and scolds Casey. Casey, not having it, pops him in the face and sends him flying. But as Casey storms out of the store, he soon realizes that he needs the job. So he goes back inside and apologizes for the incident and asks for his job back. His boss screams, no! And Casey pops him in the face one more time before heading out of the store. We cut to Master Splinter, who's exploring an abandoned factory, getting a sense of loneliness. The rat arrives at a precipice of an old silo and peers into its depths when suddenly the bricks give way underneath his feet and the sensei plummets into the mob darkness. We cut back to California where April is working a new job as a computer programmer. Her boss is hitting on her, leaving April feeling even more uncomfortable about moving to California. Cut back to Splinter where he wakes up at the bottom of the silo with a broken leg. The sensei takes a piece of wood and tries to make a splint because he notices that his, his leg is broken in two places. Splitter tightens the cloth, but the pain causes him to black out. We cut back to Robin, who's picking up April from work with her son, Taylor. April's trying to be upbeat about this job, but Robin complains that her ex-husband and then three of them go off in search of a Christmas tree. We finally cut back to the turtles who are at their water tower base as the snowstorm rages outside. Mikey comes back from his patrol while the other turtles are watching a TV report about the uptick in violence and possibly a retaliation from the massacre from last month. Raph suggests that they all should go leave and look for Splinter, but Leah replies 
he doesn't even know what to do anymore, but he does think that it's time for them to grow up and leave this life behind. Leave? Mikey gasps. But what about duty? What about honor? Honor? <laughs> I'm beginning to think that there's no place for honor in this world, Leo replies. Greed, hatred, the lust for vengeance. These are primary motivators. What motivates you, Leo? Asks Raph. Lately, I don't have a clue. We cut back to a Japanese businesswoman getting off of her personal jet as she makes her way to New York. We finally learn that her name is Kurai. Her assistant brings her another videotape, this one clearly capturing Donatello in frame. Karai is pleased to see this. Splinter wakes up and tries to take a stand, but this pain is too severe. The sensei begins to worry about his life with winter arriving with no food to eat and a bum leg that will prevent him from leaving the silo. Cutting back to Casey and Gabby, they're decorating with a modest Christmas tree. Gabby's feeling self-conscious about her weight from the pregnancy, but Casey gives his girlfriend an early present, some sexy lingerie. This makes Gabby cry because, you know, she's pregnant, and Casey consoles her. We see the old man in the hospital taking his first steps with the help of a nurse. Back at the foot headquarters, they're attacked by Shredder's elite ninja. The ninja kills everyone inside and then blows up the building. Mikey and his brothers are listening to the news and trying to keep up, keep warm in the water tower with the recent report about the bombing. The police department suggests that this blaze is linked to a recent wave of destructive incidents in the city, leaving this wonder, reporter to wonder, when will this violence stop? And scene. Riveting. Bold storytelling. Yeah, it, like I said, it finally kind of takes off. Yeah. All right, so next I've got TMNT number 55. This was released in January of 1993. Uh, cover by A.C. Farley, story by Eastman and Laird, script by Lawson and Laird, pencils by Lawson, inks by Keith Aiken, letters by Mary Kelleher, tones by Eric Talbot, and inking assists by Charles Yoakum. So a helicopter carrying Karai lands in New York. Meanwhile, in Colorado, Casey proposes to Gabe, who says yes. In California, April is at dinner with a co-worker. He makes a move on April, who throws her coffee at him and leaves. We see the bombing victims sitting in a hospital. It looks like he might be going through a chemo treatment. In New York, the turtles go on an exercise run. Someone had been walking their dog on the roof and Raph winds up stepping in some dog poop. He gets a little upset and decides to head back home without his brothers. On his way back to the water tower, he's ambushed by one of Shredder's elite guard. They fight for a bit and Raph gets his face slashed a few times before he is able to plant his sigh in the elite guard's abdomen. The rest of the turtles catch up and the elite guard tells Leo that he is duty bound to avenge the death of his master, Orokusaki. Raph says the elite guard's avenging days are probably over and the elite guard vows a vengeance in the, in the next life before pushing Raph's side the rest of the way through his body, killing himself. In Northampton, Splinter wakes up after passing out last issue. Uh, he's taunted by the voice of a mysterious figure in the shadows telling him to do what's necessary to survive. Splinter thinks that this is death tormenting him, but the figure reveals himself to be the Rat King. End of story. Bum, bum, bum. So then we'll pick up with my issue. It's number 56. It was released in February of 1993. Story Like the Others is by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, script by Jim Lawson and Peter Laird. Pencils by Jim Lawson, inks by Keith Aiken, tones by Eric Talbot, and letters by Mary Kelleher. 
So Casey in this story uh, gets married to Gabe and they go on a little honeymoon, which because they can't afford to go on a big expensive vacation ends up being back in their trailer home where Casey has decorated it with a bunch of palm trees and it's really cute and sweet. Then April is having problems with her current job. Uh, she does not like it. They're making her do useless work that is going to be absolutely, completely uh, useless in a few weeks. And so then she gets home and ends up uh, having a disagreement in a fight with her sister because she's just upset about how messy and everything and irresponsible her sister is that uh, she always goes out to eat. The apartment's not clean. And then her sister, Robin, yells at her, telling her that uh, this isn't your, you're not mom and you're not dad. You know, mom's dead and you're not dad. And storms out and they're both upset. And at the end of the issue, we learn that uh, she got a call from the hospital or from whoever was taking care of her father that he has passed away. And she tells Robin, the rat king is trying to convince him to eat the rats to survive but splinter will not do it because it, he just feels like it is wrong and is against everything to eat what he is rat king then says you know if you're trying to get to this next level of existence this higher plane of living who's to say that it's not survival you know that the rats won't be there because when you die like they'll definitely be eating you and so you know kind of leaves splinter questioning everything and asking himself what he should do and that's it for everyone's stories everything so i said it picked up i didn't say it was good but oh. those are anchovies we're gonna do a second time around hey uh, nice junk so in the annotations uh kevin did give a name to the immigrant yeah he calls oh. him nate yeah he calls him nate really yeah so that guy's name is nate now <laughs> did, uh I was confused in these couple issues. Does he also have cancer? I don't. I did they? I think I saw them mention that in the annotation too. Because he he's like a bioradiation radiology sign. Yeah. In one of the issues, and then the next one looks like he's got an IV in his in his arm or something. Like he's going through dialysis or something. Yeah, and then I, it almost looks like he loses all of his hair. But I was also I was like, well, he was on fire at the beginning of this story so that yeah. could just be left over from that but <laughs> i don't know it's don't been know. a very very bad you know few years for this guy definitely if he just got cancer <laughs> yeah so we know we know at least a month has passed since the last issue yeah so there was that same uh letter that a guy wrote asking how old the turtles were they said they were 16 years old which didn't really make a lot of sense they also say that this story is supposed to be passing in real time. So like every issue is a month. Oh, okay. Oh. So like, if you notice, like we start there and like they're wrapped up, it's really cold. And then we get to the third issue of this section where in February, it's getting a little warmer. Uh, it's still cold outside. You can see Mike's breath, but he's not all like bundled up or anything while they're spying on him. Yeah. So. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't catch that it was in real time. Um, I only I only saw it when they mentioned on the news report that the massacre was a month ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it, it makes sense. Like Gabe's gotten progressively bigger every issue. She's yeah, going more along with her pregnancy. So, yeah. Wow, that is pretty cool. Yeah. So Nate, Nate is the guy's name. Okay. Yeah. 
and Karai is also named for the first time in this issue. Yep. So we got our first appearance, and now we actually learn her name for the first time. It's awesome. Um, I didn't notice this before, but we've apparently dropped Eastman Layers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like it's just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now on the cover. Oh yeah. Before it said Eastman Layers, I think they dropped that starting with fifty. I hadn't noticed that before, but oh, kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like in the annotation, Kevin starts mentioning a lot that like he had painted out the broad strokes of Peter Laird, but that a lot of the credit for this story goes to Laird and Lawson. Yeah. Uh, but I mean to that several times. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you still have comics today that are like, you know, so and you know, X Men created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Like, yeah, yeah, having Eastman and Laird on there is kind of like the thing, you mm-hmm. know. So for them to kind of take it off, that that is interesting, and it, it's weird that you know we didn't notice it until now. To be honest, like even looking at like the physical issues, like. Yeah, we could probably should have caught that earlier because even like guest era issues said Eastman and Laird. Yeah, right? yeah. Huh. So, speaking of guest era issues, uh, we get an ad for the Maltese Turtle in issue fifty-four. Um, oh, so like, that good issue. That good issue. Yeah. While while they've been doing City at War, they've also been publishing uh, specials. They call them. So that we've had one from like uh, yeah, the Turtle Dreams, and one from I think Mark Martin, and then. No, Mark Bodie, and then this one here from uh, Hedden and McQueenie. Um, so it's just more guest era kind of stuff, which is kind of cool that they're doing the best of both worlds, right? Mm. Standard continuity and guest issues. I mean, because I'd understand as a fan to like suddenly be like, all right, what happened to continuity? Like what happened to to everything, you know, before yeah. this happened? So it's really cool that they listened to fans and that they actually brought the story back to, to a continuous place. Yeah, because yeah, in the annotations too, Kevin mentions that like they're knee deep, like because we're um, at the beginning of 1993, so like the third movie is coming out. Mm-hmm. Like that's how far into Turtle, like you know, Turtle Mania we are at this point when these issues are coming out, which still feels so weird that like these issues were existing at the same time like i was very much into turtles when i was younger and like didn't even know about these comics yeah yeah too busy playing with action figures to read these comics i mean i'm still too busy playing with action figures so (laughs) i mean that's kind of i guess that's kind of my fault (laughs) i've got a pile next to me actually of turtles figures i've been playing with all day so i get it (laughs) yeah i Man, it took me forever to finally get into comics, and it's because I needed like to actually learn the comic book shops existed, uh, <laughs> and actually find like an entryway into it and everything. I, I'd had comics by this point. Um, I definitely had the first issue of TMNT Adventures from Archie, mm-hmm. um, and I one of the first comics I ever read was a Silver Surfer book, um, with. Uh, I, I remember the ending because it introduced Morg, um, hmm. who is one of Galactus's other heralds, who I originally thought was Terex, but it was just a different one. But <laughs> interesting. But yeah, Morg is getting an action figure now, so that was oh, cool. cool. You had to uh, buy that four hundred dollar Galactus, but yeah, you know, hey, you know. <laughs> so you got a you got a four hundred dollar Morg that came with a Galactus, is basically. That, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, I really wanted the morgue figure. Like, I'm probably going to sell up a Galactus. It's <laughs> awesome. But, um, 
but yeah so it, so it's it's just wild to me and i've said it before like it's wild that these issues like were coming out and like there was these dark stories like to that were coming out while you know i'm watching great boldini on vhs and yeah what else is wild to me is that um issue 55 is the first time they've named him the rat king oh yeah yeah because we we talked about that last time how he didn't have a name mm-hmm. um and what was it uh oh, what issue was it we just read like not too long ago um where they like they had a, the all the different weirdos on like the video screen yeah, yeah it was Julius uh, revenge Julius Julius revenge. revenge yeah and then it was like wasn't he like unknown or something i think that's correct yeah, yeah. and he also like he's looking more like the rat king from the cartoon at this point yeah definitely like a little less hair but a little otherwise. a little less hair but like definitely like not as grotesque like doesn't have like a leper face mm-hmm. yeah so this... was had he made his debut in the cartoon by now though yes yeah okay so he's already known as the rat king mm-hmm. yeah which which you know it, it we're kind of in a chicken egg situation here now like mm-hmm. did like we know rat king came out in the comic first but was he named the rat king in the comic first i want to say that he was probably named by eastman and laird first especially since they like like it's one of like eastman's favorite characters that he always wants to use because like the 1993 or maybe it was the second movie they wanted to have the rat king be the villain so like back in 1991 like they they were already invested in the character so i feel like they're the ones that named Hmm. him they just like named him around the studio and didn't use him for five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where, yeah. Where was that, that trivia when we talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Secret of the Use? I, I don't know. I just remember, I don't remember you mentioning that. I did not mention that, but I remember seeing it somewhere. Maybe it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I can't. Maybe we only was, deal in yeah, facts here. Like you know the rules. Yeah. Well, I'm he, pretty he was sure. following the rules then. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw it like from Kevin Eastman in something, but there's been so much I've sifted through so much Ninja Turtle like media that I can't remember what I just heard on Facebook and what I saw Kevin Eastman say in a panel. I don't (laughs) I don't doubt I don't doubt that that was a thing. I don't know how far into production they would have gone with that, Mm -hmm. but I don't doubt that is that that isn't something that Kevin and Peter would have wanted to try doing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, hey, Rat King's back. He is. Man, I remember back when we did, uh, was it Tales number four? And Mike at the end, you're like, I, I can't believe Red King just dies at the end. It was like all I could do to hold back and be like, don't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of that episode and I was like, you know what? Yep. That was a uh, little egg on my face there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, I want to know, so Mike, is this an accurate portrayal of L.A.? You know, April's got so a lot of. I knew of, you were going to ask me. I had a feeling you were going to ask me that. Um, so, what's what's weird is we don't see much of like L.A. proper. Like we see her walk down that one street, mm-hmm. and I can tell you, people still dress like that um, <laughs> with a bum equipment shirts. Okay, so the bum equipment thing. Um, I was looking at it, and it was funny because. Um, I was so his shirt says the way he's standing, his shirt says BU for bum. Yeah. And he's got a T on his uh <laughs> on his jacket. 
and then the reflection he's standing next to has the T. So it just says butt. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. I just I just thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, uh, but yeah, people still dress like that. Um, I mean, everybody's superficial out here in California. Like, you know, you got you got crummy, you know, guys like that everywhere. Oh yeah. No, it's just the world, sadly. But <laughs> but yeah, like we don't we don't see much of LA, like we don't see much of California. Like it's usually just the inside of Robin's apartment. There's that one street that April walked down. And then that's kind of it. Like we don't see they like, they don't go to the beach. They go to a club, you know, they go to a club, but that could be anywhere. Like it doesn't like it. it, I don't know. I, I get that. Like putting her like the farthest away from the East coast as possible by putting her here in california like i get that aspect of it um but really like there's nothing inherently california about her being out here yeah like she just she just hates the location like being in california the the location she hates just happens to be in california like yeah could have been anywhere it it really could have been yeah now so she went to the club a couple issues ago and and guzzi lamans was there right that's why they left End of issue 56, there's a book sitting there that collected Guzzi Lamans. So that's another chicken and eggs. Guzzi Lamans a real character or a fake character? Well, we talked about that. That is um <laughs> oh I can't I'll talk about in this universe. Like, does uh, she actually exist or but yeah, uh, it, okay, but is it a is it a reference to that person or is it a you know, or is that just slang and the person's name isn't Guzzi Lamans? Robin is just calling her Guzzi Lamans. Ooh. Because she's such a fan of that character that she has a book of next to her phone. Hmm. Interesting concept. See? And that's just weird slang for some reason. (laughs) Maybe. But I was looking at the other books that Robin has on the shelf. She has like, uh, she has one that's The Dark Knight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which, I mean could like i i just my mind immediately went to the movie and i was like oh the movie existed 30 you know years before yeah um it's more like 20 but yeah uh, i forgot the other books she had on the shelf but like there there was a couple like inside joke books and i missed those i should have been paying more attention to those details yeah see Six to go in the birth of Taylor. I know. Well, those that's those. those are the those are the books next to the phone. I'm talking about on the shelf in um earlier in, in uh issue 54. Yeah, my I, I, bad. I can't read those. I Sorry. thought it was kind of <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny that they do the um like this is this isn't really a love being a turtle or an anchovy. I just thought it was funny that they do like the TV thing where they're like zoom and enhance this VHS tape. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it works insanely well too. Like I know because I was like a clear picture of Donatello through the smoke. And that and that's what was so funny because I was like, okay, like they're gonna do the uh I was like okay they're treating it kind of realistically like they're not doing um it too crazy where he's gonna like be super defined and then i got to the enhanced panel and i was like oh god <laughs> and because it, it's like it's not even it's not even like a digital file it's it's literally a vhs tape 
But I mean, how many times do they do that in shows like NCIS or like, you know, Law and Order or whatever? Like, no, it's, I, I, I mean, it's a like, common trope. It's a common <laughs> it's a common trope, but like it makes sense because they're like doing it on a computer. Like this guy just literally pops it in a, v- in a yeah. VCR. My my wife and I have been rewatching uh, 30 Rock. I don't know if you all have ever watched that. But it's, oh, yeah. it's an amazing show. But there's an episode where uh, Alec Baldwin's character, Jack Donaghy, he like has a picture and he's like we need to figure out what that is you want to zoom in and then enhance the image like it's it's such a trope mm. <laughs> it's just God you know technology that they were trying to advance and uh well you know the technology was considered advanced at the time but we quite haven't quite figured out how we were going to get there yet you know right <laughs> well i mean they are from japan and japan had the best electronics in the 80s so there right. you go um i got a few more Second time around here. So, uh, issue 56, they announced that the Ninja Turtles will be crossing over with a flaming carrot. Um, I don't know if you ever read those books or seen I've the movie Mystery never, Man. I've but. never seen or I've never read Flaming Carrot, but like Flaming Carrot has always been one of those comics that I've known about. In fact, mm-hmm. my comic book shop has several of that crossover. Ah, you should pick them up. Let's know. I think I might now. I think this is actually the second time they crossed over. Um, but I think the last one was like during one of the guest issue ones that we didn't read, so we didn't know about it. But yeah. Um, the color classics version of these books, uh, all the like uh, wraps that the turtles use to keep themselves warm are actually the colors of their bandanas normally, which is a cute little nod. You know, like Leo's is blue and Mike's is orange. Oh, wow. I that was really cool. Yeah. And then uh, if you read the letters pages in the original prints, it's kind of amazing to me like how confused people are about what's going on in this story. Like we have knowledge of kind of what happens at the end, but like people seem to think that like the guy that was in the explosion, Nate, is the shredder like recovering from his battle with uh, Leonardo <laughs> or that like the, the foot elite is shredder. And like, there's a lot of questions about what's going on. So, but Shredder is dead. He's been decapitated and burned in a river. So he is dead. <laughs> okay, yeah. but see, that's a cool twist I hadn't thought of. Because like, yeah. yeah, like we have we have the gift the gift of, you know, hindsight. But like, yeah, like being so confused about what's going on in this book. But that really goes to show, like, goes to tell you, like, how many people who are generally who were generally. In, genuinely invested in the turtles at the time, like still kind of just didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it kind of surprised me, I guess, because I like well, I never had that issue myself. So yeah, but at the, at the same time, like some of these people might have just been jumping right in the story without having read like the very first issue of City of War. You know, I mean, I these mean, are yeah, monthly like that, releases of a comic book. Yeah, right, and like that's and like I, I get it. I mean, this is kind of around the time too that like. Uh, I can't remember how far we are from like the comic book crash of the nineties, mm-hmm. but like, you know, there was a lot of speculation and like spawn number one had come out at this point, mm-hmm. um, you know, and X-Men number one had come out at this point. So like people were buying comics and like the Archie comic was already like flying off the shelves at this point. Like, um, so, so for, I don't, I don't know, it's, it's really hard to explain. And I, I would love to, have someone like talk to somebody who knows a little bit more about that comic history back then yeah i don't know a lot about that crash 
it doesn't seem like the turtles comics were buying like hardcore into it because they don't have like all of those like special like shiny covers and all that stuff going on they're made of recycled paper too yeah at least the archie ones were (laughs) yeah well that's just archie's thing yeah um, I mean, we're still away, like a little bit away from like lenticular covers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is just, it is just a little weird to see. Actually, it's not even that weird because like, I even, I even talk about like how sometimes I don't even know what's going on because the pacing's kind of all over the place yeah. and like stuff just isn't explained super well, like with Nate. No, like I, I can get why there would be confusion with Nate, especially if you don't like, I don't know, get the idea that he's supposed to be. Kevin Eastman describes it as like a barometer for where everyone, where the characters are at in the story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I got to the annotation where Peter was like, we probably should have just dropped it. Yeah, that was it. That was in these <laughs> issues. But, um, you know, it's just... one of those things where I feel like they'd already kind of like, I feel like they didn't expect for it to go on as long as it did or something like that, because it's like, we have this great idea and then it's like, Oh no, how do we continue having this guy in the hospital? (laughs) Well, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that's the case. I like, I think they intentionally planned on it. And I just, I don't know if they just assumed that the audience would be smarter and know what they were trying to do or Mm -hmm. they just didn't know what to do and just thought it was a cool thing. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was brand new to comics, and I got what the idea of it was when I first read it. But no, you didn't. Shut I did. <laughs> we, we, uh, Mike, before we got on here, we were talking about how much he exercises his brain by reading comic books. So I, I, yeah. I, I fully believe. I gotta I gotta say, since I've uh, since I've recently acquired my wife's iPad since she got a new one, um, my comic reading has exponentially grown. <laughs> Yes. Uh, to the point where I'm kind of debating on going full digital now. Yeah, it's it's really nice, like with DC Universe and stuff. Like I'm I'm a big fan. But I'm gonna hurry and add, I actually did realize that the first time I read City at War was with the Ultimate Collection with the annotation. So I really uh-huh. did know what was going on for sure. <laughs> uh, see, I knew it. Yeah, mine was uh like poorly xerox jpegs on the mirage site so i didn't have that luxury but <laughs> i'd only i'd only seen the covers up until this point and like i guess in the last episode i've had some of these issues of city at war for years um they've just been sitting in my long box because i never I, I didn't have all of them so i didn't have like a reason to open them so it was mm-hmm. more just a reason to have them kind of thing and Mike, you'd mentioned the Archie series. I, I looked it up uh, just for reference. The Archie series is putting out like issue 40 to 41, right? At the same time. So yeah. Like they were catching cons- up. They were consistent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like that's in a span of like how many? When did adventures start? I want to say 88. Let me see. Adventures miniseries. August 88 was the miniseries number one. Yep. So. Five years, 41 issues. There you go. So so there you go. Like there were five years and they're like practically caught up. Mm-hmm. And they're almost at the Future Shark trilogy, which is uh, fantastic. Cool. You know, my last note for issue 56 is that uh, 
the way April talks, you know, like April just talking about programming and like talking about this very specific computer programming issue of like them going to be getting Macs. And so all the programming she's doing is going to be fruitless when they switch to the new system because she's doing it for the old system. It's just very Peter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I w- yeah. 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 I, I mean, th- I love Do you it, think Peter was but... a Mac fan? Oh, definitely. No, there's like straight up just it's almost like you're reading. You'd almost think there was a paid promotion for Mac when you read like volume four of Ninja Turtles at some points like there's there's one panel that's like very deliberate and like talking about how great Mac is and how he can do all these things that like a Microsoft <laughs> couldn't or something like that with it. It was <laughs> it was pretty funny. Do you guys like Macs? Are you PC people? Um, I'm I'm a PC guy. Like I don't mind Apple products. Like obviously I'm using it you know, an iPad to read comics. Um, I do like the simplicity of Apple products, but as far as uh, my personal computer, uh, it's Windows all the way, 100%. Yeah, same for can't me. You can't play games on a Mac. You can I am a PC a guy as well. I, I do not like Macs. And I, I think if we're going to talk about things that we don't like, we should move on to anchovies. Oh, you think so, huh? Yeah, and I, I got it right this time. I'm not jumping uh, over yeah. to stuff I love already. Redemption! <laughs> yes! Thy name is Keith. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. So, anchovies. So, I did mention that a lot, like, it finally took off, but it wasn't good. And there was just a lot of standing around in these issues and the rat king trying to get splinter to be a cannibal i i kind of got it once i read peter's annotation but it just it it just slows everything down what was the annotation for that uh he just he said that he had liked rat king like trying to convince splinter to become more primal and like get back to his animal roots and stuff and um i just peter giving that additional context is what kind of like okay i get it um uh, i don't like it though it's just kind of weird um and the uh really 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 detailed feet that uh jim lawson likes drawing are <laughs> we, have, feet. we have lots of we have lots of shots of Splinter's feet in these issues. Well, he's got a broken leg. I know, but like his feet are so detailed. <laughs> like I, I swear he he traced over people's feet. Like he looked up feet pictures and traced over them. And then subtracted a toe. And then subtracted a toe. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of erased that off there. But yeah, um, it just it's a lot of standing around and like there's like little conversations like Leo. Uh, Leo's conversation about like not knowing what to do and how they need to grow up and maybe they should leave this life behind like that's interesting and then it's just kind of over and then like the Rat King stuff uh, like it, it it keeps popping in and then it's just like no you should eat the rats I don't want to eat the rats no you should eat the rats like that's basically the conversation mm-hmm. right yeah I, this is kind of a, a criticism of the entire arc, but like I think I think the story is good. Like City at War, a lot of the a lot of the parts work really well, but I think it's kind of a slog to read because it's just like we pop in, pop out over the course of thirteen issues. 
It's just it's kind of a chore to read because yeah, of that. So. Exactly. We're seven issues into this to the series. We're ha- we're at the halfway point, and it's like the the bad the big bad Karai. I'm assuming is the big bad. She finally shows up, mm-hmm. and it's like we Casey's had a bigger arc than anybody else in this whole series so far. Yeah, it's also like I don't know like. I don't necessarily know that 13 issues worth of stuff happens. It, like it definitely it, doesn't. Like it yeah. def like you could probably, I mean, granted, I'm only on issue seven. I have not read past issue seven. So I don't know what happens in the back half, but I mean, I, you can already condense down a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of why it feels so long is because there are a lot of atmospheric scenes. Yeah, actually. So the beginning of, the issue I read, um, the line I have is a helicopter carrying Karai lands in New York. That's five pages. Exactly. That's the first five pages of that exactly. book. Exactly. Like, it's cool. I get it. But it takes so much page real estate. Mm-hmm. And it just takes forever. And then I didn't even realize that was Karai at the end of it. I thought it was radical. <laughs> Well, wow. she's in nature, man. She doesn't have a helicopter. I just, well, I was like, oh, radicals here, <laughs> radicals in the city, because like, it, it, because it's a shot of Karai from the back, but and the, like, and the way he drew her, like her, her clothes are so skin tight, and I'm reading it in black and white, so I just thought it was radical for a second. I mean, but it's only been like showing her for like the last couple <laughs> issues, right? No, I get it. I just thought like the helicopter was landing in New York, and radical was there. Yeah. Oh. Not. Oh, that she didn't get off the. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think Radical got off the helicopter. I thought like the helicopter flew past Radical. That makes more sense. Okay. Okay. I can see the confusion. Yeah. So it was. It was just a little confusing for a moment. Like, I and then I was like, oh yeah, never mind. That's Karai. Mm -hmm. Um. No, I lied. I didn't figure it out until the end, and when I read the annotation. (laughs) And it's like, and Kevin and Peter, like they they say like, oh, we really like the atmospheric stuff, and it's like, okay, cool. Like I get it you guys like it and this is your book it just it just takes forever to get through um in fact the only atmospheric thing that worked for me was the shot of mikey on patrol where he jumps down from like the antenna that he's sitting on or whatever the chimney yeah he's a smokestack of some sort yeah because like because like oh i was like oh it's a foot it's the foot elite and then it like it turned out it was mikey and it just looks so cool but that's Mm -hmm. one page and it's like that's all you needed because then like right after that page we cut to the inside of the water tower yeah like i said i i think it's a great story it's just like it gets to be a slog to get through sometimes my my only other anchovy i had for any of these issues i didn't write down a lot for anchovies or i love i don't know what's up, up with me today but um casey getting gabe lingerie like the dude's totally tone deaf right <laughs> that's a terrible gift for a pregnant woman right? yeah <laughs> it's it's silly and then i i because i thought it was kind of a gag at first and then and then like casey was seemed like genuine about it i was like oh (laughs) yeah yeah it would have been cute if he'd done that and then like oh that's the gag here's a wedding ring or something but yeah i think i think the point of it is to i mean it it kind of establishes that he's planning to be there for the long term you know he's not just gonna up and leave you know because once the baby's gone you can wear it but also just might be a moment of him like being like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> right. had all this growth, but he's still, he's still, still kind he's of a still our knucklehead. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
My only anchovy is in 56 during the fight. The placement of Nate's panel in that one is not good. Like it's in the middle of like this action packed fight. The turtles are going to be fighting like are in the middle of like the foot attacking their tower and they're out. They're going to fight them. And like Nate's panel is just like in the middle of it. And it did not work for me. That's yeah. about it, though. <laughs> that was the only. Like the guy's only got one panel in issue, and like it almost seems like they forget that he's supposed to have a panel, and they're like, "Oh crap, uh, put it there." You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like you're in the middle of like this action-packed fight that's just beginning, and then you're just like panel with Nate, and it's like, okay, back to the fight. Like, because it, like, it was just it was a weird placement for it for me. I didn't really like where they put it in that one, but other than that. I I don't have any other I don't have any anchovies for the rest of this. Yeah, same. Like I kind of went over everything um, that I had an issue with. Like it was mostly just the pacing and it's it it it's finally ramping up. Like I said, it's it's starting to happen because in fifty seven, like once Karai like blows up the water tower, like it, it, that was cool. Yeah, yeah fifty six. Oh, 56. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Are you good? Um. Because like it's part seven is fifty six. Part seven. We knew. Is see, we, yeah. we said this last week. It was gonna. It was gonna mess us up. <laughs> Got uh, a time machine. This is when I go back to be like, hey, put another issue there. Start at fifty one. In just thirty the, years, I'm gonna have a podcast. I know that doesn't make any sense to you right now, but just trust me. <laughs> it's it's like talk radio, all right. But we're gonna only talk about Ninja Turtles, right? <laughs> and it's over the internet. I know you don't necessarily know what that means yet, but just trust us. Just trust me. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, it like and, and that really like is really cool. I did think it was a little silly where Karai's like, "Call me." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, like, call me. I it like does. That. It does feel like there should be something more intimidating, but it's it's kind of cute. It's kind of nice. Yeah, I, I think it's funny. I liked it. <laughs> no, I mean it's definitely funny. Uh huh. So, I have one more anchovy I thought of while we we're talking. So I think Jim Lawson's art is great in this, but there's one specific like pose where if the turtle is running at you, he draws them like, it almost looks like they're dancing or something. Like they have both feet kind of off the ground and they're Uh kind of doing like a cha-cha motion, but you you only really see it when they're running like towards the the camera, if you will. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That those panels just, Kind of throw me off. <laughs> I feel favorite. like that's always how they draw them like that, though. It like might they're be. always kind of leaping in action, kind of thing. This is a very specific, like it happens a couple times throughout this series. It's very, it's a very specific pose. I'll put it on the Instagram so you can see it, Mike. Okay. All right, then. Are we good to start talking about "I Love Being a Turtle"? Then I yeah. think so. All right, let's start what we love. Oh, I love being a turtle. So yeah, we already kind of mentioned it, but the atmosphere shot of Mikey and the cloak on watch, like those panels, those, are just that's, those so are the cool. best shots in these three issues. Yeah, like I love that atmosphere moment. It looks really cool. Yeah, and, and I would, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the covers in every episode of this. But that cover with Michelangelo on the on the smokestack, yeah, it's kind of like he's like standing on his nunchucks. Uh-huh. Uh, cover cover himself up trying to keep warm it's amazing i love it yeah no super super cool i mean you know even the one of like splinter looks really cool as well 
you know, I've never seen like artwork of Splinter that looks like that before, but I really like the way our AC Farley draws him. And then the final cover is the one with Karai on it, isn't it? Yeah, she's just kind of standing with an arrow and a, a foot soldier. Looking like yeah. a badass. Right. Because Karai is like, oh man, she's a boss in these issues. I mean, think about like, like what Shredder did. Like he, he showed up on a rooftop, he got murdered. And Karai just like showed up immediately kidnaps one of the turtles and sends the other three fleeing like she knows she's really good at her job yeah like yeah. if anything shredder seems kind of incredibly incompetent yeah <laughs> you know he's got to be the one there fighting the turtles you know he's down in the bottom of the shop ready to go you know yeah karai's a boss rat king is awesome i I'm glad to see him back um he he looks like spectral too. Like he does, he has a different face than Casey, which I know is something that I complained about last episode. That Jim Lawson draws a lot of faces the same, but his mm -hmm. face looks very different from every other character, which is pretty cool. Well, I think that's because most of it is in bandages, but that's fair. Yes, but I, it, it's also more detailed than most other faces that he draws. What I what I do like is like there's there is a lot of the air of is the Rat King really there or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i i like that mystery and it does it like it did keep me guessing the entire time like is splinter hallucinating or did he really fall down the silo that the rat king's been at for the se past several years yeah i totally man i forgot about that whole mystery thing because i know it happens now but <laughs> oh great I mean, it's still a mystery for you. Like, I just know, <laughs> I just kind of, anyway, you'll see. But, yeah. I really like Leo questioning everything now that they have no purpose, you know, after getting revenge and things. Him kind of being like, I don't feel like there's really any place for honor in this world. You know, everything just seems driven by greed. I, I don't know. I like, I like those philosophical debate moments and just kind of, I don't know. It's like they just are going through like a really tough time in their life where they're kind of, you know, Leo is depressed. Like he does not know what his motivations are. He doesn't know anything anymore. And so it's kind of just that moment of, of growth where they feel like, you know, we need to find out yeah. where we need to go from here. And it's I, think a nice... that, I think that kind of speaks to what we've said for a long time is that, you know, Kevin and Peter didn't know what to do with the turtles for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, cause if you, if, you, if you really look at the entire entirety of Mirage up until this point, like the turtles have been directionless this entire time. Like yeah, almost, totally. almost the entire Mirage one. canon. Yeah. Almost the entire Mirage canon. They have been directionless. I don't know. I'd say they had like a direction with the shredder stories and things like that, that were going on before. I mean, but that was only, that was only like return to New York and like, when they got run out of New York mm -hmm. and issue one. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know the Renette issue was anyway, I mean, like turtles not, in space and like the I'm stuff not, with not, Stockman. I'm not saying there weren't stories, but it's like mm -hmm. not they like, there was no real, like there was they no didn't have like a real, purpose. Like, yeah. Like they didn't have mm -hmm. purpose. Like they were very reactionary to everything that was happening to them. Yeah. I get you. So that was because snake eyes, snake eyes with an ooze, like, the Uzi is his thing. That was the tech division, right? So they're gone now because that building got blown up, right? 
I believe so. Yeah, those were the Foot Tech Ninjas, but not the Foot Tech Ninjas. Right. I just sure. like Foot Tech Ninjas. I think it's a great name. It is, and and they look cool in the 2003 series. Like it was a good idea. Like you know, combining like the advanced technology with ninjas. It's yeah, it's a great idea. I also like like every time they meet those Foot Tech Ninjas, they have a different way of beating them. Like sometimes they soak them in water. Sometimes they just blindfold themselves. Sometimes they throw paint on them or whatever. Like, yeah, it's always slightly different. I like they got so much use out of those guys. But we're not talking about that. We're talking, we're about, not talking about that. Right now, yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. 50. <laughs> I liked it in uh, 52 going back to just a rooftop run training like thing. Like the turtles running across rooftops is for me, like one of those things that hits my nostalgia buttons for turtles. Like I got to have them like at night running across the rooftops, doing flips and doing stuff. Like for me, that's important to have in any Ninja Turtles. Stepping in dog poop, just like the classics. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) maybe not so much the stepping in dog poop part, but you know, like it's just very heavily featured. Yeah, I've been there before. (laughs) It's just like very heavily featured in like the 2003 series and the 2007 movie. You know, like those were like the peak parts of my childhood. So for me, those are like, like I said, you know, that really pushes my nostalgia buttons whenever they're going on. I get it. On those totally. rooftop runs. You know, for some people, they need to see the turtle blimp or, you know, the 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 battle shell or whatever it may be. But for me, seeing the turtles running across roofs, that does it. I also really like, uh, once again, love the Casey and Gabe parts of these stories. Like Casey's proposal to her, as well as like the honeymoon is adorable it's pretty cute yeah it is it is really adorable and it's like wow casey's doing great you know like (laughs) yeah i'm usually not one for romance but in this story it just does it for me i really did like karai's arrow with the note to call her i don't know there's just something really humorous about like using like that ninja you know kind of ancient way of shooting an arrow i like that she had it prepared yeah like we don't see her write the note she had that she had that note already like pre-written yeah it's just saying man like she's plan b she's a boss like she knew exactly what was gonna happen overwhelm them kidnap one the others will retreat give them a note it's also kind of a callback to issue one with raf and the note on the side delivering it to shredder yeah oh yeah yeah I think it's this whole thing of like, we're going to try and get all of them, but if we don't, I'm going to make this arrow with a note that we can shoot at them yeah. so that I can get in touch and be able to. Uh... And really, like, they don't know. It says, call me. They don't know who me is. Yeah. Like, you know? she didn't, you know, there wasn't anything beyond call me. Um, I did, I did think it was kind of interesting that, like, uh, the foot elite guy makes it like he makes the case that they're kind of specifically looking just for Leo. seems like it. Yeah. And so Karai's got Leo now, um, which hmm. is, it's, it's not something I guess normally that like Leo's not usually the one that gets captured. Right. Like I'm trying to think of all the times in turtles that like it's been Leo. 2007 movie yeah but we don't count to that i'm just kidding um no <laughs> okay, the one that got beat okay, up 2000, in 2007 yeah. um yeah the return to new york and you know this version okay never mind i guess i guess yeah <laughs> uh 
I, I there's a lot of there's a lot of cool parallels with um the dark chunin leo from uh like where they like specifically went after him in idw mm-hmm. yeah um i was just kind of the vibe i got from that uh but i but i just i think it's kind of a cool story beat that like they said they were after leo or at least the foot elite guy said he was after leo and that's the turtle they got i never put two and two together on that that's really cool i was just thought they like whichever one they got they got well i think that was the thing i think i think they just got a random turtle because you know they're four green turtles all wearing red masks no one can tell them apart Mm. you know but they got the one with swords swords. yeah but they got the one with the swords okay that's i i I think i like it better that they intentionally went after leo because that i mean that shows just how the level that Karai is working at, you know, she's got to go all after the, the leader figured out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess we'll find out. Oh, I guess I'll find out in the next issue if I'm correct or not. But it's, but it, but it is kind of cool. Like that was her plan. And then she like went directly for Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like, was it, was it answered that the foot, that the foot elite was working for Karai or was he just striking out on his own? It wasn't answered. I think, I think I, I can answer it for you. The, yeah. Yeah. The only faction that, you know, April has some of the foot with her, but the foot Karai. of the faction, or cry, sorry, did Karai. I say April? You did yeah. say April. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, that's a whole different story. <laughs> the whole other thing. No, but Karai uh, does not have the foot of the faction with her. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think she, she mentions that she's gotten kind of the grunts on her side, mm-hmm. and the tech division is gone. Gotcha. So it's going to be the elite versus Karai. Okay, and then so... Was that the only elite, or is there still more out there? There are still more out there. Okay. There might also be like the elite might have their own foot clan too. I kind of forget, but there's a lot of there's a lot of foot clan, they're all fighting each other. That's the important part. That's the important <laughs> part. Cool. So yeah, that's all I really got for me. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, like I said, they're not terrible issues. Um, it just there's a lot of like just kind of pissing around and and then everything happens in issue 56 mm-hmm. yeah we're also you know we're what halfway through so we're not quite at the climax yet yeah know? i did like um because i was reading it in the ultimate collection um and the uh volume four ends at issue 55 and even and kevin note notes in his annotation that like it's a cool spot to stop the collection at that one because it really picks up in the next issue at the beginning of volume five. Yeah. Um, and he was right. Like it, it was kind of a cool way to kick off volume five of ultimate collection. So that's kind of cool. I really wish, I don't think they've ever collected just city of war in one book. I, th- I mean, I don't think they have, like, I haven't been like, I would have, I feel like I would have seen that by now. Same, you know, yeah. Says the guy who recently started collecting Mirage books. If but, uh, any of our listeners know about that, let us know because I've, I've been on the lookout for that because I've always wanted to just sit and read one book that is this entire story. Like, yeah, because that it. would be, and then also include like forty-eight and forty-nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it feels like yeah, like that's a story that should be self-contained mm-hmm. in a trade paperback or something. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the fact that it's not is just kind of weird because, like, we know they did, like, those uh, collected books. 
because yeah, they did a big like hardcover of issues one through ten and all the micros too. So like well, that would be I mean, a nice you, compliment to it. You know? And even just those little paperback ones, like the one I bought in, you know for you the a uh, couple weeks ago. Like yes, thanks again. Uh, no problem. But um, and those but those don't even collect these issues, right? Because I think isn't volume four the the last one? Uh, there's at least six because I have six is the river. I think there's I think there's one after that that's like uh up through Sons of the Silent Age, that one with the fish people. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, are we uh, ready to move on to some news? I yeah. think so. Let's do it. This is April O'Neil of Channel Six. So kind of a light news week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing I really have for news was today, uh, the day we're recording this, September 2nd, um, Kotaku posted that the entire uh, initial roster for Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl was accidentally leaked by the Nintendo eShop listing for the game. Uh, and it does confirm the full uh, initial roster, and it does not include Raph and Donnie. Now, has Nintendo confirmed that this is the full roster? Uh, Nintendo, it wouldn't be up to Nintendo to confirm it. It would be up to or, Nick or uh, Game Mill, who's uh, developing the game. Did I say Nintendo? I meant Nickelodeon. Sorry. Uh, yeah. um, it's okay. <laughs> Both of them are the big ends. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so neither one of them, uh, as of this recording, have confirmed that. But um, the fact that it was on the store page kind of implies that it's accurate. Hmm. Um, yeah. so take it with a grain of salt like everything is subject to change up until that game releases um but i'm kind of inclined to believe that that's the final roster um so as of now it is just leo mikey and april which i don't think is bad um if they could still always announce dlc for the game um it, it is weird to have a fighting game that doesn't include all four turtles but then again it's like it's not their fighting game mm-hmm. yeah so it kind of makes sense like it's kind of general nickelodeon mm-hmm. but well, then if... you have you have the argument that like injustice 2 had the turtles and it's not their fighting game but uh, the mechanics of all the turtles was were basically the same right yeah, they had a couple of special moves each but... yeah they they a lot of the special moves were the same um I can't remember even by name, but they did have different um, combos amongst them. Yeah, like I know as some well things as, are Yeah, as well, like for example, Michelangelo has, I want to say it's called like shell spin or something like that, where he goes on his back and, and spins. You know, it's like the Wheel of Fortune move almost in the 90s, but he's actually moving yeah. like fast Yeah, and stuff. Um, you can kind of get people on the ground with it, and the other turtles don't have that um for sure they're like special ability each of them are different uh and the range and stuff due to their weapons is also different but yeah a lot of the the special moves are the same for for them with some slight differences here and there it looks but like yeah. uh all-star brawl is set to release october 5th so it is uh set for um, this year so uh in fact we'll, we'll just learn a little more. over a little over a month from now yeah yeah i'm i'm it's also interesting because i feel like like Raphael and Donatello have kind of become the two most popular turtles in the last like few years. Like Donatello like used to kind of be the turtle that everyone didn't like, but for some reason, like a lot of people like Donatello now. 
a lot of it's people de- it's definitely like for me the older i get the more i like donatello yeah so i i can kind of see that like as this fandom gets older like certain like those those of us that are going to gravitate towards you know different turtles like mm. it's okay to, to move on like you don't have to be ride or die with your <laughs> with raf for your entire life yeah as my parents will tell you at some point in my life each turtle was my favorite turtle so yeah like i i think raf's the only one i've never particularly loved um at least until rise um but like leo i liked because he was blue mikey i liked because he was the fun one and my name is mike so you know i was a dumb kid (laughs) (laughs) you know donnie donnie did machines and that was really cool uh so like yeah like we go we all go through phases like where every turtle is our favorite so you don't have to be tied to anyone but it is but like you said it, it is kind of weird that like they didn't go with the two i guess more popular like I think out of all of them, Mikey's still the number one turtle. Hmm. I mean, that yeah, would surprise me. Especially he like, like he was like the face of the '87 series. And, exactly. Like yeah. every everyone knows, like turtles I mean, and pizza, and that's because of Mikey. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, he was also the face of like the '03 series. Like something I would even bring up when I mean, I'll probably bring it up again when we watch it. But he, like for the while, was like the spokesperson of Four Kids TV. Oh yeah, like, no, he, I remember he was like in a lot of those commercial bumpers. Yeah, for like I remember when Yu-Gi-Oh 5Ds was new, and oh boy, Yu-Gi-Oh 5Ds. But God, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh 5Ds. But they had him be singing like 5DDDs, 5DDDs, and so you know Michelangelo was there like as the spokesperson for like the whole channel doing Yu-Gi-Oh 5Ds commercials. Yeah, I mean he was. I mean, cartoon all stars to the rescue was Michelangelo too. That's right too. You know, he's he's been the face of the cartoon franchise for quite a while. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so he Mikey is a natch. Like, I get it. Mm. Leo is kind of like the Mario. Like, he's just the all rounder. Yeah, yeah. He's so the Ryu. He, yeah, so he makes sense to to be to be the inclusion too. Raph, like, Raph is popular, but like he's not. It, we we think of Raph as like the Wolverine of the turtles. I don't know. So that's the thing is, I think there's a good argument that Raphael is the most popular turtle. Like, there's a lot of people I, whose favorite. I know there's is a Raph. lot of people, but I don't think he's the most popular. If you think <laughs> Raph is the most popular, let us know <laughs> by uh, letting us shouting at us somewhere on one of our socials. Maybe we'll have to go like, and I mean, just five the five find like the 500 internet polls on Reddit or. I yeah. know um, the one that comes out the of new, the, new, yeah. the new polls like it asked who's your favorite turtle yeah I'm looking at the roster I think like had they included all the turtles there's there's no other franchise that has more than three characters so mm-hmm. the Spongebob joke has is, three the joke is is that the turtles is the fire emblem of this game yeah I saw that <laughs> I thought that was really funny yeah so if you guys don't know, uh, Fire Emblem, the Nintendo game, has a lot of rep in Smash Brothers to the point where it's kind of a meme that, oh, it's another anime sword fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of rep, yeah. Yeah, so so if uh, the Turtles are kind of, because they're the only one that has three reps. So it's kind of, so if they get uh, Raph and Donnie, then it would be kind of funny. I think at this point, Casey's out. I don't think Casey's going to make an appearance in this game. Yeah. No, it's not likely. Uh, it's especially with this final roster. Like if Raf, if Raf and Donnie got in on the initial roster, I would say Casey maybe. But 
with those two not on the initial roster mm-hmm. and most likely going to be DLC characters, which again, we don't know for sure if it's confirmed that there's going to be DLC or not. I'm speculating responsibly. Um, then Casey, absolutely not. Yeah, which is also interesting that for Avatar, like all they chose is Aang and Korra apparently because like I feel like there's a lot of Avatar characters you could probably also include. Yeah, I feel like I I don't think that Aang and Korra's movesets would be different enough to warrant having both of them. Like mm-hmm. you could probably have Aang be more ranged and Korra more of a rushdown character mm-hmm. um, because their fighting styles are different. But like as far as like, you know, I guess like for lack of a better term, their smash abilities, like they're kind of the same, you know, yeah. they're kind of the same power set. So I honestly would have swapped out Korra as much as I love Korra. I would have swapped her out for someone like Sokka or Katara mm-hmm. or, 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 Hell, like, or Toph or Zuko, like mm-hmm. anybody from the gang, like that would, that would be really cool. But anyway, I also didn't think the roster was kind of small. I was hoping for it to be like a little bigger. Like that kind I mean, of it's subtracted some points characters. of excitement for me. I mean, 20, oh, characters, 20 characters is 20 bad. characters still a lot. I guess I'm just you know? spoiled by Smash Bros. Ultimate on like that 2D fighter front. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Abs- <laughs> absolutely. But I mean, Smash Brothers, yeah, like you said, spoiled everybody. Like, yeah. you know, to the point where like Sakurai, you know, the, the main developer on Smash Brothers, like to the point where Sakurai like doesn't ever want to do this again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for, for a company like game mill who hasn't ever really made good games, like to kind of put that many characters on them and make them have, make sure this is balanced. I, I don't know. I wouldn't I, do that. I think 20 is enough. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm, I'm waiting to see what character ends up being broken though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, same. I, I, toast man. I hope you. it's April. <laughs> I hope April's the one that breaks everything. Yeah, she she does good. look fun. Her moveset does look fun. Between this and Shredder's Revenge, like, you know, it's it's April O'Neill's summer. Yeah, it's the September of April. Exactly. <laughs> any other uh, video game news? Uh, I can't think of any other video game news. Uh, in uh-uh. action figure news, uh, the Shadow Warriors 2-pack from NECA that has the original Oroku Saki before he becomes the Shredder and Hamato Yoshi uh, from the 1990 movie are popping up at Walmarts now. Uh, I haven't seen any here on the West Coast, but um, yeah, check your Walmarts out if you're checking out that line. Cool. One of the things that I saw that was kind of cool this week. I forgot to mention, I think I know what you're going to talk about. Is there's, uh, I don't, I've never gotten anything from them before, so I can't test the quality, but there's like that Heroes and Villains website that I always get ads for. Oh, but, I didn't. <laughs> this is what I was going to talk about. But yeah, but they just released a like a Ninja Turtle line that's based on the Mirage comic books. A lot of like Peter Laird art uh, and stuff in there. It, it's really really cool looking stuff. Might yeah, be worth checking I, out if you're into that. You sent that to us in our group chat, and it was super interesting because I was like, I didn't realize they were licensing clothes like this. So. Uh, yeah, it was it was heroesandvillains.com. Like it looked really cool. Um and like it all seems really official. Mm-hmm. Um so and then there was another uh website that was popping up. Um I god, because I didn't think you were gonna talk about this, I didn't <laughs> write down the, the website, but they are they made a button up like 
uh, knit shirt. Uh, that's the old bed sheets <laughs> that oh, wow. I used to have. Oh yeah, I saw that from the early yeah. from the nineties, and I I'm really tempted to get to get that one. <laughs> it's so stupid looking, but I kind of want it. Um, but but yeah, I was super surprised because like normally those kind of like websites like I steer away from because I'm like I, I you know those were all really shady you know cheap sites with stolen art, but. Mm-hmm these kind of seem legit so yeah no the heroes and villains website at least whenever i've looked at it always seems legit like it's got disney stuff on there so it has to be legit I, this point. That's, all right yeah that's fair down. like if it's got disney on it then it's got to be legit so i i guess it's really cool and it's kind of weird that like it's it's kind of weird that it's true like a big i don't want to say like it's a big website but like it the the, the fact that they have like the turtles license and they're doing kind of adult adult clothes and like nobody's been talking about it until like this week is it brand new yeah it's brand new they just dropped the the line is why i i always get ads for this thing because i love star wars like they've got star wars on there they've got marvel uh anyway dc all that stuff yeah but it's like old school art it's like concept art of the turtles that they're using which is really cool yeah, it's concept art. It's stuff that looks like issue one. There's stuff that looks like later Peter Laird art. Uh, it's It looks, and they all look good. Because that's the other thing is there's a lot of those shirts that are officially licensed that I'm going to be honest. I don't think they look good. And I, I wouldn't wear them myself. But these ones look great. Yeah, like these are really cool. Mm-hmm. Heroes um, and villains, send us free stuff. Speaking yeah, of other, yeah. uh, speaking so of other I can, collections, then I can actually promote you guys and with like you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and not be like, be careful. I've never got anything from them before, so maybe it's not good quality. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you guys love to. It's send not us a threat, so heroes and villains. We would just really love to verify your quality. Yeah. Um, but speaking of uh, clothing partnerships, uh, the winner of the Project One Hundred uh, collection, Lily Stock um nick and turtles announced the collection went live uh so you can head over to the amazon store for nick um and yeah there's i mean tank tops uh it's it's all of that art that one specific art that she won with Mm -hmm. um and so some on some pieces like the turtles are divided up so like you can buy a mug with just mikey on it um but yeah it's really cool and it's called the turtles x lily stock collection which i was really surprised about yeah like that was really cool of them to really give her all of that recognition yeah it's super super cool that they did that and it it looks really cool like it looks good they were right to choose that art like it looks good on all the stuff they've put it on yeah i'm probably gonna get you know a shirt probably gonna get one of the tank tops too because it's hot and i'm rocking tank tops now so Sun's out, guns out, Mariah. There you go. <laughs> All right, then. Is that it for our news? Uh, one more. God, I, oh, one more. One more. Yeah. Um, NECA announced a Usagi Jimber figure. That's that's the one. That's the one I thought you were going to say. So um, just, uh, was it yesterday or two days ago? I think um, two days, yeah. But... I think it was two days ago. Uh, NECA announced, uh, oh, yeah, duh, Turtle Tuesday. <laughs> uh, the same episode, the same day these episodes go live. Uh, so for NECA's Turtle Tuesday this week, they announced that they uh, entered into a partnership with Stan Sakai, who created Usagi Ujimbo, uh, to make an action figure based on Usagi Ujimbo. Uh, 
the wording on that release was a little confusing, depending on where you read it, apparently. Uh, some of the press releases implied that it was part of the tune line. Some of the press releases implied that it is a line specific for Yusagi Ujimbo. Hmm. Interesting. So I, NECA has not uh, clarified further as of today, um, but the uh, design that they released kind of splits the difference too. Like it's, but uh, some other people have been coloring it, uh, the render that NECA released, and it does look more like the 87 version. Yeah, his, his proportions are a little more like that. But like Usagi is one of those characters who looks pretty consistent across iterations. So that too, I wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised if it's a new yeah. thing or if if this sparks a whole line. Is he going to get like a comic version and a well, cartoon that was, version? And that's a, what I'm saying. You know. Like one of the, I think it was Instagram that kind of implied that Neko was going to do characters from the Usagi comic. Oh, what's his name? The the Rhino. I do I, love that. That, that was the first Gen? character I thought Genus, of. Gen. 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 Yeah. Gen. yeah. Um, that was the first character I thought of. I was like, oh, that'd be super cool to have an action figure of him because I think the last one was for the 2003 line, right? Yeah, should have been if he was a, if he was part of that one. Um, and so like, it's really cool. And I I've met Stan Sakai before. Like, he's just the sweetest man and deserves the world. Oh, he's so, so happy sweet. He's such yeah. an adorable old man. Oh, I love him. I love him. <laughs> um, and I'm so happy that he's a part of this line. Um, and so it's the real question kind of begs to differ or begs to be asked is since this is kind of probably going to be part of the tune line is this going to be a target exclusive because it's not really part of turtles like they didn't get this from nick they had to go to stan for this so can stan be like no i don't want I don't want that to be a target. I'd rather you guys pre-order it off the NECAstore.com or something. So I I want to hear more information. Um, I don't think Randy's going to hop on Twitter anytime soon because half of New Jersey is underwater because of Hurricane Ida, um, which I hope everybody, if you guys are listeners on the East Coast right now, I hope you're all okay um, because, yeah, we're looking at pictures and video and it is... Ooh. Be glad you're not a turtle in the sewer, basically. Just what to wait and uh, wait and find out all those details. Yeah, but we want everybody to be okay first. So yes, sorry yeah. to bring that around, but yeah, you guys. Two things can be true, right? Yeah, be both things. Two things can be true, and both things can be true at the same time. Yeah. But guys, like I said, if you're on the East Coast, you know we're praying for you. We hope you're all okay, um, and you know stay safe out there. Cool. Any other news this week? Cool. Nope. So <laughs> Spencer shaking his head no for everybody who's not watching <laughs> live feed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, guys, I think that is gonna do it uh, for this week. Uh, yeah. So Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, the same thing we do every night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're gonna be continuing City at War. Two more parts of City at War. So next week we're gonna be. Covering issues 57, 58, and 59, parts. which are parts 8, 9, <laughs> eight, and 10. 9, and 10. Had yeah. to think about it. Had to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's more complicated than most math homework I had when I was little. <laughs> All right. Let's see which one of us gets it wrong next week. Yeah. 
Uh, but guys, thank you again for listening to the show. Uh, let us know somewhere on the internet uh, what you think of the show by hitting up our socials at Ninja Turtle PH, like our good buddy Clint, who said he's enjoying our City at War read along. Um, that was really sweet, dude. We really love messages like that. And we're glad that you're listening and reading along with us because, you know, I think Clint said he was rereading it, right? I believe so, yeah. I think he said he's caught up to us. He's been reading yeah, right? <laughs> and listening to it, yeah. So, Clint, uh, let me know what you think of me reading this for the first time, <laughs> uh, if I'm just being silly and off-base the entire time. Um, but, guys, yeah, Nintendo PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, we love you. Leave a review on the podcasting app of your choice uh, because that feeds that podcast algorithm lets people find the show lets us uh, know what you think of the show and what what we can do more of what we can change what you want to keep around you know do you want me gone and maybe don't do that in a review that'd be kind of mean <laughs> would be just a little me yeah, yeah. just be just a little me um we're, we're guys, a little yeah. sensitive yeah <laughs> no we have we have thick shells here yeah because we're, we're turtles Anyway, guys, we love you. All right. That's our show this week. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, Cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. I really need this job. quote i just that was the only thing i could remember at the last <laughs> second i remember uh second time around uh also guys yeah if you was ah damn it i forgot <laughs> i forgot my news again for the rise movie oh yeah that it got pushed yeah so guys if you listen to the bonus uh, material last week i mentioned that the <laughs> rise movie uh was not in the nick or the netflix um announcements for the rest of 2021 and that is because Sources are reporting that it was pushed to 2022. So, uh, yeah, looks still good for the movie. Um, just kind of wait longer for it, which kind of sucks. Um, the other uh, second time around, I was I forgot to mention Casey's boss that he punches is Mr. Talbot. Oh yeah, Eric yeah. Talbot. Yeah. So, yeah, I forgot. I I remember like oh I got to mention that I got to mention that and I didn't mention it so. Interesting because they also spell it Talbot with two T's. With two T's. So so I was like, "Ah, that's a little weird, but it's got to be a reference to Eric. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was was on the fence about sharing because I was like, I don't know, there's two T's. Is it a coincidence? But yeah, there's no way it's a coincidence when it's Brian Studio. So this is kind of like a one and a half time around. Yeah. I guess. (laughs) Not really a a full second time around. I kind of wonder if that character's modeled after Eric Talbot. I don't think so. I don't think so because this was like a fat old schlubby guy yeah who knows and as a fat old schlubby guy i related to that so <laughs> uh, oh yeah i forgot you guys are old huh yeah <laughs> thanks get, get out of here you damn kid uh, i'm sorry oh man i'm sorry i couldn't help myself yeah thanks uh
Yeah, no, that was that was. I'll show your ILBT story if uh, if you keep it up. Oh yeah, (laughs) I love being a turtle, man. Right, right. Not the Joe Walsh song. Yeah, not not the Joe Walsh. (laughs) Although uh, two things can be true. So. Two things can be true. Two things can be true at the same time. <laughs> it can also mean, you know, yeah. inmates love bacon teases. You know, right, it's right, right. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna hop off here, guys. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a short bonus content, but yeah, those were the two news. That was the turtle ninja turtle power hour for the week. And uh, go yeah. team. Go team. All Woo. right. Take care of yourself, guys. You guys take care. Night, guys. Night. Bye.